Mike Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 193 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the cesspool, and I am joined today by St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie. What's up? 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hey, I brought my hose to drain the cesspool. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, okay. And uh, talking about cesspools, a live cat, man. Andrew, good to see you. Good to be here, as always. Um, so let's just go through uh, some of the stuff at the top of the our little uh, list of things to cover. I think there's one very, very important thing that I do want to address right now. And that's fucking congratulations, Ross Radley. Magic, the Kiss Chronicles, 1973 yeah. to 83, has reached its pre-order funding goal. You know, it I, happened. I put, awesome. I put my money where my mouth was, and he put up a graphic showing I was like number two in line again. I so saw that. like the vault, yeah. like magic, number two. Um, so <laughs> hey, I, I, I was number two for Alan's new book. You I are. was almost, I was number one. I was, I missed number one by like a minute. Right. Well, his is coming in September, oh. so there's stuff yeah. to tide everyone over for the rest yeah. of the year with, uh, you know, the Kiss Cruise, Alan's book, Originals Plus One, Ross's huh. book is gonna happen. Um, yes. Obviously, uh, I'll still keep my fingers crossed until, until February when I receive it in the post, thereabouts anyway. So, Ross, get to work. I can't wait to see what you do. The layouts have looked great. You put, you proved the naysayers wrong, and that's probably the most important thing, uh, yeah. is to continue to and prove it, them wrong and to bring it into physical existence, because the prefunding obviously only covers the ability to make this a reality, and he now has a lot of work to do with photographers securing um, all of the agreements that have been made or put in place prior. So... And it's a very Kiss thing. The reason why it happened, you know, he proved the naysayers wrong. Kiss proved the naysayers wrong. So I yeah, think it's exactly. it's it, it, sure. it's it's definitely a rite of passage, and it's definitely very very fitting. So yeah, uh, yeah many congratulations to that guy. That like guy's a, the real deal. It's like a grassroots movement. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's like the real deal. You know, it's awesome. It's something something to believe in, something to have faith in, and you you know. His last few years have been a learning curve. Obviously, watch the show that I did with Ross, and he explains that he was on Ages of Rock. He did a great episode with Ken Mills and the podcast. Um, so check out those other podcasts as well with Ross, because you know I think those ones really help push him over, as well as a lot of procrastinators getting in before the deadline so that they could have their names yeah. in the books. Books are still available uh, for ordering, but you won't get your name printed in the book as a pre-order participant, I believe. But uh, go over to Magic. Kiss Chronicles 1973-83 website for all official details. I'm not an official spokesman. I just, I'm just excited about it. Yeah, As we all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, other news. Um, two quick well, hold items. On, hold on, I got some. Don't we go over if we got anything? Because I actually got some stuff. <laughs> well, we we can once I do the news. I mean, I want to. Okay, run. okay. Stop my, interrupting, Andrew. I got my, okay, I mean, okay. You know, we can uh, we can put you on mute if you prefer, but. Uh, <laughs> 
I'll put myself on mute. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So uh, two albums are coming out on uh, Cherry Records or Cherry Lane Records, whatever they are. H&E Recordings, Skull, No Bones About It, Expanded Edition, coming out August the 24th. That, of course, has Bruce and Bob Kulik connections on there. There are some demos. It uh, looks like a pretty cool set for anyone who was into that sort of thing back in the day. Also, another Bob Kulik-related album, Murderer's Row, is coming out in September. And that, of course, features Jimmy Waldo on keys and uh, David Glenn Isley. I think there might be some bruce connections on that i'm not totally sure i went through the track listing but I haven't been able to parse it head over to the cherry uh the cherry red records or you know google it fuck you know you don't rely on us for any information don't rely on us no it's, it's fake news until you read it for yourself somewhere okay um all right so where are we now we are uh oh andrew what have you bought uh, well, I, I did get this shirt. This is a World Tour 79 crew shirt. I actually didn't even know that this was reprinted or that, that a repro is out. Uh, my good friend Ron Whitman wore it, and I was like, hey, man, is that an original? Because I have an original. I might have worn it on the show before, but uh, I was finally able to retire my original 1979 crew shirt for this one. So that was cool. And uh, I also finally completed this set. Got black. Red, white, and, and blue. Yeah. Wow, oh, they, wow, wow. Why, why did so, they yeah. do that in the colors of the British flag, the Union Jack? I, I'm not sure. Uh, let me ask. Um, the, the, actually, the, the factory that printed these was located here in Ohio because these are printed in, uh, in, in 95. But, uh, yeah, super, super cool. So I was really excited to, to get and complete this collection because I never thought I would ever complete this collection, and, and now – I, I have them all. And the black one is actually sealed, so that one will stay sealed. Because uh, I don't listen to these. I listen to the 2014 um, re-release. Mm-hmm. So I have... So yeah, so that's why I'm insane, because I have the same record literally five times. The same thing. The so you're, same. That's why you're on this show, because yeah, that's you're, why I'm on you're, show. you're a KISS fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, so, we, we find that absolutely normal. I wonder why you just have five? 15. Just, just five? five? Really? Yeah, just whoa, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Shit, you need more. Uh, but if they had printed it, I I don't know. You know, I have I have such a weird relationship with this record because I actually this was one of the first Kiss CDs that I ever got. Uh, before that, I had Double Platinum, Alive, and Alive Two on vinyl that have been gone for twenty years. And then I had some albums on cassette, and I think I got I had You Wanted the Best on cd and then real like soon after i got a live three on cd because in my, the town where i grew up in there really wasn't a, a record store when i was growing up there was just the walmart so walmart had a live three so that's why i got a live three and there you go yeah i, I remember so, buying a live three on on the uh, release date andrew oh i was um so what it was 93 so i was eight i was eight yeah. I was a fan, but just I was totally I didn't even realize I didn't even know what was going on at, at that point in, in the band. I thought that they still wore makeup and uh, I was still dancing around to the I Love It Loud video or rock and roll all night. Um, you guys, you guys have seen it. All right, yeah. Lon- Lonnie, you got to now chime in with your Alive 3 story. My Alive 3 story. I don't know if I have one. I bought it the day. It was the first Kiss album I bought the day it came out. Okay. Uh Okay, let's see. My Alive 3 story. Oh, yeah. My Alive 3 story is it's the last album my mom bought for me. 
So, oh, um, see, that's still uh, very I, nice. I was at the University that's of good? I was at the University of Buckingham at the time that came out, and I fell out a window and broke my knee, and I was up on uh on wait very, a minute, very, wait a minute, very you fell depth. out a window and yeah. broke your knee. Yeah, I was taking a shortcut. Uh, shortcut. Let's hear that story. I bet that's better than your live brew story. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> no, I was taking a shortcut to the pub. I hopped out a window, and my leg got caught on a, a phone wire, and I got flipped over and hit my head. My knee broke. So, oh so I, I was in bed uh, for a couple weeks on, on, on very strong, excellent medical grade painkillers, and my mom came to visit me and brought me Kiss Alive 3 on cassette, and I still have a kind of ace frilly relationship with that album whenever i hear it because i seem to go back on the morphine again and it, it was one of those weird things yeah shortcut <laughs> to the pub let me just stress that all right shortcut to the pub right. talking about ace um I, I guess that's the first thing to kind of go over today and that is ace is currently uh, doing a short uh, run yeah I've never been good at the Ace Frehley impressions. There are people that do it way better than me. Mine's always like sleeping Ace. That's what I do. Well, Ace is animated. I'm I'm stunned. Uh, he was in Petaluma on Sunday night, uh, in Berkeley on Monday night. Last night he was in uh, San Luis Obispo, down. I have no idea where the fuck that is. Somewhere in California. And then yeah. I think he's at the Greek in L.A. in a couple of days, something like that. Um, but he's. Got his uh, regular guys back together. Chris Wise on bass. He's an absolute freaking monster. Yep, um, yep. Scotty Coogan on drums. Again, a monster. Yep. Great singer. Yep. Uh, yep. Excellent drummer. Uh, Richie. I got my Richie fix, which uh, made me very happy. Yep. I just love watching him. He's so entertaining, so fun. But Ace looked absolutely fantastic on stage. He was moving around. He was animated. The thing, you know, if I want to go through my little list of pros <laughs> and cons about the show here, Ace looked healthy. Uh, the band appeared to be having fun. I mean, they were going around, they were slapping each other on the shoulders, fist bumps, you know, all sorts of camaraderie was coming through. They played well. Yeah, sure, a few little bits of musical train wreck here and there, but that's fine. It's, it's rock and roll. Um, but altogether, they played a great set. Um, the Chris Wise bass solo was a high point. I really enjoyed that at the first show. Uh, used it as a bathroom break in the second, but there you go. Um <laughs> My only criticism, I guess, a, a little bit about the set. I mean, there's seven Kiss songs, and mm. I want more Ace mm-hmm. Frehley songs. Uh, you know, Frehley's Comet. Yeah, I would, I would love stuff like uh, Insane to be back. I'd like Richie to sing Insane. I think that'd be hilarious. Trouble um, Walking would be great. What were we talking yeah. about yesterday? Give it to me anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I yeah. love that song. You know, uh, overall, there were three songs on the 78 solo album. I'm fine with that. That's exactly how it should be. Uh, one song from Frelly's Comet, which, you know, Rock Soldiers, you know, well, you got Richie up there. Come on. How can you not do Breakout? But, you know, Richie yeah. still dedicated mm-hmm. a song to Eric Carr. One song off Trouble Walking, of course, Richie's uh, Too Young to Die. One song off Anomaly, and that's a stretch at that, Sister. But, you know, the plus is that was my first time seeing it live. Uh, and, oh, I love that song. I've and I love that song. Loved the hell out of it. It is such a aggressive song musically, even if it makes no sense whatsoever. And then, no, but neither does Deuce. Neither does Deuce. No. So, no. You know, it's fine. And actually, surprisingly, sense. Deuce is one of the songs on my list that I, I say should be cut along with Detroit Rock City from his what? set and replaced with Give It To Me Anyway or Insane to get more Frelly's Comet stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would cut Detroit, but uh, Ace has such a connection with Deuce. Well, you know, it's and the first I like, song he ever like, played with yeah. the band. I, I get it, and yeah. I love it. I always say how Deuce is my gotta-have song in a Kiss set. Well, in an Ace yeah. set, it isn't. 
I'd much rather there be, I'd rather hear Breakout, you know, even, yeah. than, mm-hmm. than do it simply because I'm going to an Ace show. But whatever, yeah. you know, there's there's yeah. very little to complain about. They do a little Guitars War section, which is fun, just a whole bunch of riffs from different songs. I would almost rather they replace that with a non-album cover and put in something like Foxy Lady. Just go all out, you know. He's oh, done, yeah, that would be cool. I would it, enjoy he, that. Yeah, he did it in the 90s. Um, so, you know, if you want to do a classic rock song that you haven't recorded on your album, then and, you know, just do that. Um, Emerald thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, last time I saw him, what was it, February last year, he did bring it back home. So now another song off Origins. So um, didn't see Ken there, sadly. Saw a lot of cool people at uh, both of the shows. Yeah, Ken, where were you? I was busy. You went. You, went. <laughs> you, you did a show last week anyway with ELO. So. Yeah, I did see Ace a couple of times. Uh in the past so it's not like i hadn't seen him before so yeah so right. you know i've doubled my ace concerts now you know i've only seen him four times um over the last 20 years i'm not going to count indie in there with that number but you know hey, do you know I, I actually saw a really cool ace show that kind of went down in history i saw the um uh what, what do they call it new york rocks no, New York Steel. New, New York, York Steel. Steel Benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 2001, his first show. Oh, that's a good 2000, show, Andrew. 2001, because um, it was his right first show. Yes, and his first show after leaving Kiss. Mm-hmm. So, And it was his first out-of-makeup show since 95. Uh, it, it was great, and uh, I did leave when Twisted Sister came on, because at the time I wasn't a fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan now, but uh, I was a huge, huge, huge Ace fan. I had no idea who was in his band I know it wasn't. Was it Richie? I would have to go back. I know that that uh, that. Um, I thought I that, Carl, that, Carl was, that was Carl. That. I think Steve Warner, uh, Budgie Warner was uh, came back, and then I can't remember who was on drums. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember either. But it wasn't who his solo band ended up being ultimately when Ace came back in 2008. But uh, it was a it was a really really cool show. I was way up in the balcony, uh, but I, I loved it. I mean, Ace did all the songs I knew, and I think he was doing at the time like Lover All I Can. But I remember, like very soon after that, and it might have been that following summer, because this was in November 2001. I think it was in August of 2002, around there, when he did um, an Eddie Trunk birthday bash at Don Hills in New York City. I wasn't able to go because I wasn't 21 at the time, so I couldn't get into the show. So I knew right off the bat that I couldn't go, and I was really, really jealous of the people. I remember being—I had still had cable internet at the time, but I remember being on like a like a chat board on Eddie Trunk's site when the party was happening and people were sending, you know, like out of focus, like early, early camera phone pictures at the time. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And here's the answer to your question, Andrew. It was Richie Scarlett, Carl and Steve Warner were the band ah. and other ah. bands on the, uh, on the bill were Anthrax, Anthrax Sebastian and Overkill. Of course, uh, Overkill. Bobby, I can ah. never remember his last name in, uh, Overkill. Absolute screamer. Hell of a Bobby Blitz. I think Bobby, Bobby Blitz. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you know, what's your guys' thought, uh, Lonnie? Ace's show. You've seen the set. What's your? You've probably seen some video here and there of it. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. I think the band sounds great. As, as good as an Ace Frehley band can sound, or as good as you want an Ace Frehley band to sound. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's Ace Frehley. It's supposed to be a little sloppy. You know, so I think it's it's. I would. I'm. I'm with you. I'd prefer more Ace Frehley solo material. Even more. You know. I'd, I'd get rid of Detroit Rock City. I'd even get rid of Strange Ways, even though Ace Frehley wrote it. It's still a Kiss song to me. I'd still like to hear more more stuff off off the 80s albums. I mean, you're going to Ace to see 
ace in a club. I mean, you're obviously a pretty mainstay ace really kiss fan if you're you're gonna you're gonna know songs like that so i'd rather hear more things like that but at the same time i still think it's great i think it's great aces out there you know ace really got some shit thrown his way when he did that um little impromptu thing in st louis that i got to attend back in february mm. and everybody's like oh ace can't play anymore ace is finished blah 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 so you know it's great to see him out there and playing you know and it's just a fuck you to a lot of these people that were just just ready to bury him back in february so I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait to see more video and see what he does with Gene down in Australia at the end of the month. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Ken, uh, you know, after seeing the set list, any regrets? Does Ken have no regrets? That's a nice <laughs> I have no regrets. I got, <laughs> regrets. Um, I got like some ace. regrets there. Hi, Carly. Like no, no regrets. Um, not really. Um, you know, I think he can do without some of those Kiss songs. Um, and replace him with his songs, whether it's like Rocket Ride or, or you know, Torpedo Girl, even you know, uh, I love you know, pull something out like that. I'd rather hear that kind of stuff or more from his '78 solo album. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just think he doesn't need to do the Kiss stuff that he did not sing. Uh, maybe the Kiss stuff his own kiss stuff that he wrote, you know, um, would have been fine to perform. So I don't know. I, I just, I just think he should do less of the kiss. That wasn't like jeans or Paul's vocal. Yeah. Love gun. I don't need to hear love gun. In any yeah. Show. And, and you know, we Scott, hear it enough. Yeah. Scott, Scotty, <laughs> yeah, Scotty sings it. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott sings it, you know, Scott could sing something else easily. Scott's got a great voice. He can do multiple yeah. things. Chris Wise sings strange ways. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's capable of singing just about any other song that he could want. And then again, as we mentioned with give it to you anyway, or breakout, you get Richie do another song. So if Ace needs some pacing or a breather and he looked, he didn't look like he needed a breather at all. I mean, he was pretty bang on with his performance. A little late getting to the mic a few times, but that's, but that's easy. Yeah, that's, that's, that happened. That happened. That's that's four easy. Years ago. I, I will say, Petaluma first night was a little rough in spots, um, but I loved the theater. That was a really great venue as well. Great crowd up on the balcony. Um, the second night at the Cornerstone. I mean, that's no frills, standing fucking concrete and barn. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. really big into that, but it sounded fantastic. It had a good. They were obviously set up well. Um, and they're a little bit tighter, you know, so still what it's about is the fucking music. And surprisingly, and, you know, the opening bands of both of these shows, there wasn't one last night, were actually very good. Mm. Um, so that's always fun when the act that you have to sit through um, is, worth, yeah, is worth sitting through. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, that was yeah. nice. I think Dave Friday Band in Berkeley and uh, Tommy Odetto Band in Petaluma, so if you're interested in just rock and roll, check out them on uh, the web. They've got some pretty good samplers. All right, while we're talking about Ace, Andrew, have you listened to the new Ace Frehley song, Rock With The Boys, today? Actually, I have. In preparation for the show, I did listen to the track a couple times. Let me just take you, before I go into the track, let me just take you back to my Ace Frehley history. At three years old, four years old, five years old, I was an Ace Frehley fan. That was my guy. That was uh, the Spaceman. He was my favorite member of Kiss. So, I mean, as I got older, I got into different influences. But uh, there's still a little part of me that gets really excited when something Ace comes out. Um, I was very underwhelmed with Bronx Boy. 
just something I, I didn't like how it just came out of nowhere. I just I wasn't excited for it. I was really excited for Anomaly. I was a little bit excited for Space Invader. Uh, I was definitely excited for him to come back on the road back in 2007, 2008. So anytime something ace is going to happen, I'm really, really excited for it. So I listened to the new track today. First of all, right off the bat, the production on this track is top-notch. It's probably the best-produced ace track that I've heard in a long time, and I hope the rest of the album sounds this way. Uh, is the song a little cheesy? Are the lyrics a little cheesy? Absolutely. It's ace. But I got to tell you, I really enjoyed this track. I listened to it maybe four or five times. Just over, I just kept repeating it over and over again as I was working today. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm actually looking forward to this record. And I hope that the other couple of songs on there are uh, as good as this. Um, it's better than Bronx Boy. And I would have actually led with this track and not Bronx Boy, to be totally honest. But yeah, the production, top notch. So whoever produced this record, go and produce the next Kiss record, please. Please. There's a next Kiss record? I'm just saying, if there is going to be a next <laughs> Kiss record. But uh, yes, uh, two thumbs up for me on this. And that's a lot for me. That's a lot for me. We only have two. Jesus. <laughs> all right. So, that's all of them. So let's, get, let's move, from, move on from the fanboy to the voice of reason. Ken, what are your, what's your take on this new song? Okay. Um, I feel a little bit differently than... <laughs> Uh, then Andrew. Um, the thing is, I, I did listen to it. I only listened to it once. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't listened to it twice. But in the one time I listened to it, I thought it was okay. Uh, I actually I actually like Bronx Boy better than this this song. Um, I don't know what it is, but I, I like it better. And, and maybe because I listened to Bronx Boy, you know, four times. Like, you, you listen to the new one. Um, but... Uh, having said that, I think the production is okay on the new one. Um, I think it could be. I could think. I think it could be a lot better production. Just my opinion. Okay. It's just the way I like to hear things. So um, I don't know who's producing it. Maybe it's Ace who's producing his current records, or he has. It's him and somebody else. I'm Warren sure. Hart, who art. You know, I Didn't think, he do the last couple ones? I thought he'd and Warren, I apologize for butchering your name there. Um, I, I thought he'd, I, I thought he'd done uh, some stuff with Ace for Space Invader. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked Space Invaders' production. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it sounded different than the, this new production, so I, I don't know. But again, this, the new song is okay. No, I'm not going to say, yeah, he needs to play that live or anything like that. It's not going to be a classic, in my opinion. Um, but neither is, I don't think Bronx Boy is going to be a classic either. Um, he hasn't you know, written something that can match up to his original, you know, 78 solo album stuff yet, in my opinion. Um, there's a couple songs here and there he's done over the years, but that have been pretty darn good. Um, but so far... It's okay. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the album. I'm sure there's gonna be some, you know, great tracks on it. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bronx Boy. Like I said, Bronx Boy is pretty good. Um, I like that one. Okay. Uh, so we'll just see what happens with the rest of it. Just I, to go back. Just to go back for just some quick facts. Um, uh, just the last couple go. Ace Frehley records. Uh, that's what I was looking up. He did self-produce most of them. He worked with Marty Fredrickson on Anomaly, and he self-produced Space Invader and Origins Volume One. Right, and okay. Marty, Marty, I think, only did the one track on 
anomaly foxy and free or whatever the fox uh, no fox fox on the run watch what you say there okay yeah okay lonnie <laughs> what's your take i enjoyed it um i enjoyed it more than i enjoyed bronx boy as well <laughs> um sorry ken <laughs> andrew and i have an alliance and we do, we do. <laughs> secret and you don't want to know the kind of alliance either <laughs> but but i did i did enjoy it more than i enjoyed um bronx boy i thought it, i thought it was good it was it's cheesy lyrics i saw someone on the faq today posted it it's kind of sounds like beth with balls <laughs> I, saw that, yeah. I thought that was a great analogy um <laughs> Kind of, kind of in the same vein almost. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that comment. I wish I knew who posted it. I can give him credit. But um, I thought it was good. I'm looking forward to the album. I'm looking forward to what he did with Gene. Yeah, same. And um, you know, the, the Gene song that "Your Wish Is My Command" that that Gene had been promoting for years. It's going to be the next rock and roll all night. Is okay. On an Ace Frehley solo album, which tells you there's not going to be another Kiss album, actually. So I'm interested to hear. I'm really interested to hear hear what that song is all about. But I did enjoy the song. I thought I thought it was well produced. I, you know, it, it's kind of you know, it's well It's what I expect out of an Ace Frehley song, it, and it's how I expect an Ace Frehley song to sound. Is it going to be a classic? No, I don't think we're going to get classic songs from Ace Frehley or any of the members of Kiss at this point in their careers. I don't expect, you know, some kind of landmark recording from any of them at this point. But I'm also at the same time, I'm thankful for any new any new music I can get out of any of the current or former members of the band. And I'll I'll take anything they can dish out. Hey, hey, speaking of speaking of talking about anything they can dish out, have in the early two thousands, did you ever listen to Anton Figg's record called Figments? Figments. There's a there's a I killer Ace yeah, Frehley yeah. and Sebastian Bach track on there called mm-hmm. uh, Nowhere to Go, really? and yeah, it's it's incredible. So try to seek it out on on the interwebs or on YouTube or whatever. Nowhere to go. It's incredible. The whole album doesn't sound like that because Anton was into a lot of different influences, a lot of African yeah, influences, oh, yeah. a lot of things like that. So I, I really wouldn't uh, listen to the album front to back because all of us are, are very similar in our music tastes, and and I would like to think that. It's probably not up our alley. However, that one track is incredible. So take a listen to that. Of course, uh, having African influences for being a South African is hardly surprising, is it? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying it like as an insult or, or, or to be like prolific. I'm just saying like that's you could hear the influence in there. All right. Rocking with the boys. I just, you know, I just want to know: is this the song that was referred to in Kerrang! in 1982 that Ace was working on? Because um, mm. it was mentioned then, and has he reworked it? Is it musically? I think in some of the PR that's been published um, today, it suggested that it dated from the 70s. So is yes. this one of the tracks that he went back mm. that he's mentioned that he took the original backing tracks, the drums, Anton, and built on top? Um, I, I'm musically, I think it's better than Bronx Boy as well. Um, just way better. It sounds better. It's a better song structurally. Is it? Uh, is it Freebird? No, but it's it, it's a decent. And, and thankfully, most songs are not. No, and, <laughs> and and it's it's a decent A song. I, I think the only thing that it and Bronx Boy kind of raise in my ire about is that Bronx Boy wasn't done live at, at these shows, and and it's the yeah, it yeah, yeah. It's the current it's the current yeah. single. But then again, how often does Ace do his <laughs> singles? So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I just do the craft singles, Bubby. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of that uh, movie you did, The Joker. <laughs> you, yeah, I know how I got these scars. Mm. Okay, I tried so to, I tried to take the makeup off and just everywhere. Okay. <laughs> right, we're, we're gonna try and get back on track here just a little bit more about uh spaceman obviously one thing another thing that has been uh, publicized today is the album cover or a prospective album cover and the silver right. suit has returned thoughts on that yeah. cover ken what's your take on it good thumbs up thumbs down or shivers? i'm in the middle yeah yeah i'm in the middle with it uh i i, I saw the silver suit and i was like oh wow He's still got that thing. Um, he still fits. fits. That thing still, still fits. <laughs> still fits. I noticed the way he. You, you don't see it split down the back though. No, no, no. no <laughs> yeah, he was, he was looking very slim. He could easily fit it. Looks there. pretty good. It's just like he sat in a way with one with the guitar in front of his you know belly and and then another one kind of side. So, but he looked he looked good. It was a good you know a good quality photo. Um, I guess they could have had some done a little bit better on the cover. <laughs> uh, maybe shown that he was like getting beamed down or something, you know, or in, in his throne or whatever he's sitting on. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's all right. It's it's nothing to scream about. It's not horrible. It's not you know the monster kiss monster cover uh, or or asylum cover. Um, <laughs> It's it's in the middle there. Uh, I'm okay with it. Lonnie, I like the other picture of him with, like sitting there with his leg crossed with the guitar down. Right, that's the other one, right? As opposed to with the guitar out, you can you like can't. It almost looks like it's photoshopped because like you can't see his arm, and it, it looks a little it looks a little bizarre. I thought, but I like Man. I like the other I like the other picture with him with with it down, but. It's okay. It's not. Yeah. I'm with Ken. It's not horrible, but it's not. It's not Destroyer or Love Gun album cover. You know what I mean? It's it's right. somewhere in the middle. It's it's fine. I mean, what what were you what were you really expecting? Were you expecting something earth shattering for the Ace Frehley solo album cover? Not really. I I think it, it pays homage to. Is it homage or is it homage to his wow. silver to the silver suit? Tomato. <laughs> No, tomato is so, correct. That's the only way to say it. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Let's call it off. <laughs> uh, shoot. But I like I like the return of the silver suit. The, I I steered us off track, so I'll get us back on. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing the silver suit. I thought it was a a good throwback to to that era of the band. That, no, he can't. He can't utilize his, his age fairly classic makeup for an album cover, but he can he can throw that out there, um, as a you know as a as a throwback for lack of better terms. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But is the photo great? Is it album cover or shattering? No, kind of like the song. It's good, but it's not a classic. It's good, right? And I'll take it. Sure. Okay, I don't like it. I think okay. that the silver couch clashes with the silver suit. He really should have mm. been on a stallion holding his guitar. Mm. With like, his hair blowing stallion. in the wind. Yes. Long Island Express. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. Huh, yes. yes. No, uh, no, seriously. The, in the last uh, the last album cover was 
designed by Ken Kelly, and I thought that yeah. that uh, Space Invader yeah. was a major letdown cool. in terms of the art because Ken Kelly is so much better than that. Um, I had really hoped that Ace would then go back to Michael Dore or Dorit, however you want to say that, yeah. Tomato, um, for this album cover and to have done something similar. Recently, Anthrax has done a cover for their live album that kind of uh, was a facsimile of Kiss's Rock and Roll Over cover. And of course, yes. Uh, yes. Michael came back to do the Sonic Boom cover for Kiss several years ago yes. with too much input from Paul. I would like to see an ace have him go and do it, say, do me a spaceman theme, if that's going to be the um, the theme for the album. I mean, if he's so goddamn set on using that term, which I just, it boggles the mind. Yeah, Gene, is, is that all that Gene can come up with at this point? Is Gene based, suggested it in St. Louis, so ace went with it. Is the name of Tommy Thayer's custom guitar, the spaceman? Yeah, maybe he should have dressed up as Tommy on the cover uh-huh. then. But, uh, oh wow! No, you know, all seriously, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more creative than a photo. And the the, the first one with him holding the guitar it looks awkward. I mean, it's the same guitar that was floating on the cover of Origins. So it's like you've already done a picture of yourself with a guitar on a cover recently. Do something different. But if I'm to pick one, I like the alternative with him with his legs crossed. It's kind of 70s loungy, um, you know, kind of. It's a, it's a better scene, but again. You know. It's like a spaceman's leisure suit. I, exactly. Suit. I don't. Ultimately, I don't care if it's a goddamn brown bag as long as the music, which is only 37 minutes on this album. That's the really? part. That's the part that disappoints me. Nine songs, 37 minutes, and one's an Ed, is a cover of a cover done by Eddie Money. So. Yeah, currently. What one? What one? What song? Um, I Want to Go Back it was originally done by Billy yeah. Satellite in 1984 oh, wow. and uh, covered by Eddie Money. And they kind of fail to mention that they call it an Eddie Money cover when it's not. Um, but it's a good poppy rock song, which is yeah. kind of the material that's perfect for Ace to do. If you think of how well he yeah. freaking slayed, do you? So mm-hmm. uh, they, one of my all time favorite Ace Same, I love songs that song. and covers. Oh, so. Absolutely. Which one did you say? Do you? Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh, electric Light Orchestra. The Move. And The Move. Yeah, originally First. by The Move. And they redone again by Jeff Lynne. So, yeah. yeah, it's actually, yeah. I, I actually prefer the ELO version over The Move. But, uh, you know, uh, Andrew, what's your take on the cover of Spaceman and any other thoughts that you have on it before we move on to another topic? I'm going to echo you. I don't like it. I, uh, I thought they could have been more creative with it. I actually like the photo of him the recent photo of him on the white background, which is they use in some of the articles today. Yep. I think that photo is a lot better than, than what they used on there. Uh, if, if I were to put on my art director hat, I would have used that photo and maybe stand him in front of, you know, the, the dress to kill street corner. And then I would have been, and I would have called the record. It all remains. It, it, um, the more things change, and then you flip it over, the more remain the same. You know, and that's what I would have called the record, you know, um, because Ace is trying to say that he's still the same after all these years. But uh, I'm sick of Space Invader, Spaceman, Anomaly, this and like, I mean, what, what's the next, what's the, the next record going to be called? Like To the Moon or, or, or On Mars? I mean, I don't know. I want something different from this. To the Moon and So, back. yeah, so I, I would have used that photo of him, which is a much cooler photo. I mean, that's a that's a great photo of him. Or, you know what, to be totally honest, I would have used the photo that he used inside the cover of Anomaly, the one with him with the smoking guitar over his head. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Right? And I would have made it look like he was getting beamed up to a spaceship. That's cool. 
this, the I mean, yeah, the silver suit's cool. Us Kiss fans know what it is, but the silver suit looks like, I mean, he looks like Pizza the Hut because the whole thing looks like it's one big piece. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the silver suit begins. I don't know where the chair ends. I get it. You're a guitar. I get it. You're wearing sunglasses. I, I wanted something more. You know? I did. Yeah. You know that that yeah, picture yeah, yeah. that you mentioned with the white background is fantastic. He looks yeah, it's he a great looks photo. Yeah. he looks badass. I mean he, yeah. he I mean you wouldn't think that he's 66, 67, however the hell old he is. You know yeah. at all he looks incredible. So hey, you show that photo around there like hey man this is this is a this is a rock star this is what they should look like, and um, you know for all you you Fallout boy panic this is what a rock star should look like not that crap with your your just stop. Uh, but I see that photo of Ace, and I hear the song, you know, I, I hear the songs. I I look at that photo, and I hear Ace Frehley. And, you know, that's that's really all you can ask for, for a photo. Uh, again, uh, I think the font looks silly. I, I um, you mm. know, I mean, it'll be one of those things where I'll probably purchase the digital version on iTunes, and I probably just won't own a physical copy of it mm. just because I think it's I think it looks silly. Wow. I do. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for vinyl. So, yeah, the, vinyl. there's also one other yeah. photo that did crop up today, and it was on the original YouTube video. It was him in, in kind of a blue highlight with uh, in front of an audience, and kind of the arms raised. It was like a little blue version of Ace doing the Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits cover. Um, That's even cooler. Which I liked. I think the mm. the silver suit one should be like the tray insert in the uh in the yeah. packaging but yeah but whatever or you that know. should be the actual cd because that was a CD. that's like oh hey that's cool i remember this mm-hmm. you know so you know i mean unless you have magic the kiss chronicles you're not gonna know where the hell this picture oh. came from you see what i did there pretty good that's why he's best Can't in wait. the business <laughs> All right, so just a, a, a last couple thoughts on Spaceman, as we know right now. It's going to be released on October the 8th, October the 19th, pardon me. Uh, track number one is Without You, I'm Nothing, which is a song Gene brought to Ace for him to finish. So that's probably a shared uh, songwriting credit on that one, and Gene plays bass on it. Your Wish is My Command is the third song, and I'm not sure if Ace will get a credit on that one. I haven't seen any of the credits yet, so I'm trying to put them together from what I've read about uh, the stuff. But that's, uh, I think, it was a complete song that Gene brought in, which she also plays bass on. Bronx Boy, of course, written uh, with uh, was it Ray or Ron Mancuso, who was involved in Space Invader. Interesting song number five, The Pursuit of Rock and Roll. Ace mentioned that song, or a song with a similar title, in No Regrets, as one of the rejects from the Psycho Circus sessions, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Rock and Roll. So is that a reworking of the song? Is it the same song? I guess we'll find out later. Um, Then, of course, I've mentioned I Want to Go Back, which you go listen to Eddie Money or the uh, Billy Satellite versions on YouTube Mm -hmm. right now. And the last three songs, Mission to Mars, Off My Back, and the inevitable... 18-minute instrumental quantum flux. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's only six and a half, but there you go. <laughs> so that's the that's the, uh, the the fractured mirror of this record. And hopefully, rockologists get their hands on this and get to do a funky blue, purple, Ooh. smoky, um, colored vinyl edition of it because uh, that would also be neat. So uh, yeah, but uh, but let's not forget that E1 Entertainment, which has been Ace's label for the last couple of years, has done a bang-up job on their exclusive ones i mean there's been a lot of exclusive That's anomaly true. releases as well as origins and space yeah. invaders they've so ju- they've just had know. a new one of anomaly out which is absolutely yes. insane i incredible. got i got back on board of that because of the yeah. stuff e1 was putting out and that was on pledge yeah. music wasn't it that they did a, a multi-pack with mm-hmm. um with a slips with whatever those things are for your turntables the cushions yes a yeah. slip yeah. cover 
thank you. Um, so, and they also did some great versions of Space Invader, orange vinyl, black vinyl, all sorts yeah. of shit. So, yeah, yeah they're well ahead yeah. of it. So, who yeah, knows? yeah. So E one E one definitely knows who their audience is. I mean, they're not going to market the Ace Frehley record to you know teenagers. But uh, they know that us enthusiasts want something, uh, something additional. So, uh, you know, I, I will reserve judgment on how the record, <laughs> on how the, um, I forget the album sounds, but how the artwork is going to look in vinyl form. Because I tell you, you know, when I picked up this on CD, not very cool, but seeing this in vinyl like this, it makes me like it. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll have the same um, feeling with the Ace record. But but again, E1 Entertainment, bang up job, bang up job. Yeah. Ken so- Gulick, how you doing? I'll probably do what you do, Andrew. Buy digital and wait for vinyl. So. Yeah. He's an Andrew Lemming. I'll just do what Andrew did. All you right. Know, one, one last thing, Julian, on that cover, because, you know, Andrew was saying about what he thought should be the cover. Um, I was just thinking that maybe he should have done something like, and called it, instead of Spaceman, Space Rock, uh, and then have him, like, on a an asteroid kind of like surfing on an asteroid sl- hey. uh, and playing and playing guitar and smoking and ah. he's like heading towards earth you see earth so there you go hey that would have been cool too i would have bought that bit of a riff on the silver surfer i just there bought a go. silver surfer figure today that's right there you go as the new marvel legend yeah yeah man good idea i like that i like that okay. Okay. I didn't ask me. Well, Ken, since we're with you, uh, what topic have you brought for us to talk about today? Uh, well, I was thinking about a, something regarding, you know, their, their touring the next few years. And uh, and I was thinking, you know, what might – it's kind of more of a what-if kind of thing. Um, and what it is is if KISS goes out, you know, as their normal group that they are now with, you know, Gene – uh, Paul, Tommy, and and Eric, uh, with the makeup and so on. Um, I was thinking, you know what? What if the original band did a reunion, but it was unmasked, no makeup, but still electric, and had the original, you know, the original guys, and, and went out as like a reunion to end of the road or you know goodbye, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was thinking, would that would that actually sell better than the current Kiss with the makeup? And I was thinking it might. I think to me, I'd be more excited for it, even without makeup, unmasked, electric, just one last tour with the four originals. You don't have to wear the makeup. For one night only, so, what Kiss should have done for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? See us yeah, on Kiss should have <laughs> Yes, they should have done that. So I was just thinking, I thought, well, you know, it might, it would then just going out with the current lineup as far as uh, ticket sales. That's just my opinion. But it's just something that crossed my mind. Andrew, what do you think on that? Um, I respectfully disagree about the attendance. Okay. The um, the idea. Oh hell yeah, I would totally go, and I would love it because the last Kiss show I went to, I enjoyed the unmasked acoustic set more than I enjoyed the makeup bombastic show. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool. I think a lot of casual fans just know Kiss because of the makeup, and they just go because of the makeup. I think the no makeup That's thing true. might turn them off. 
Uh, and just remember, there are some fans out there that, that don't even know that Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely aren't in the band. Yes. So there are fans like that. So for them to say, oh, all original members, they'd be like, well, what did I just see? You know, there there are people that still think that Ace and Peter are up there. But or there's other people. There's other people that know Tom. You know, uh, Peter and Ace are not in the band, and that's yeah. the reason they don't go. Yes, yes, I, I do think so that, but. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the, the people that the people that don't the people that don't go to the party are the people that bitch about the party the loudest, because those same people that are saying that they're not there because of Eric and Tommy also will probably find another reason why not to be there. Maybe they'll say, well, hey, Paul's voice or oh, Gene's fat or oh, this, this is that. Or this, so they, I mean, they're the people, the naysayers are always going to find something to naysay about. Would I go and would I enjoy it? Absolutely. I would go as much as I could. I think it would be cool for them to do that. I don't think Peter could handle a, a full-on bombastic tour anymore. No, but would I go? Would I go to see it again just to be nostalgic for a night and see those guys again and see those guys kind of fist bumping and interacting the way that Ace's band interacted? Sure, I'd go. I'd go all day. I would. I would go. I and I would enjoy it. Uh, but I, I don't think. I don't think they would be playing. You know, uh, the arena here. I think they would maybe play theater. To yeah, two to five thousand seaters and make it intimate. Raise the ticket price, you know, say at 150 bucks. Every seat's 150 bucks to get into this. Sorry, Gene Simmons is laughing at you right now, saying 150. (laughs) I'm not putting up with those two for 150 bucks. I'm not showing up for 150 a seat. Yeah, but but remember, every seat's 150, so you don't have your your 20 dollars seats that are in a lot of these sheds. So let's see, every seat's let's do some quick math right here. Every seat's 150. Let's just say they play a five thousand seater. And and every seat. All right, all right let's all right, inflation. Let's just say every seat's two hundred bucks a head, and then we're playing a five thousand seater. So right you, off the you bat, you need a calculator for that. Two times, yeah, right. two times right five. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm not Carry done. Doesn't, I'm doesn't not matter. Done. We, we've got an opening. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So so anyway, so you have those people, but just remember too that there are going to be the same kind of people that uh, that are uh, that are going to buy your your platinum tickets. So let's just say that. For argument's sake, that the platinum tickets are twelve hundred dollars. So let's just say that the platinum tickets are now a thousand bucks because we're going to add that to. Let's just add twenty more of those. So let's add twenty thousand um, on, onto that. So that's that, that's if they do and that they sell out that every night, that's a good chunk of change. That's a good chunk of change. And if they do it through Live Nation, Live Nation is going to pay them up front, and then Kiss is going to keep all of their merchandise sales. So I, I'm just saying, like for a sales standpoint, uh, Kiss would sell out every night doing that. And it would be considered yeah, a success. Be, yeah, and there'd be assholes like the four of us that would just follow it all around because it'd be the last time you're ever going to see the original four together. I right. resemble that comment. Right. <laughs> uh, um, um, but no, but no, I think I, I, yeah, so would I. I mean, I think if they, sure. if they, if they did a smaller scale, and just remember, did any of you? I mean, you guys probably didn't, but you guys knew about the In Your Face, the Australian In Your Face shows in 2004, right? Where they did those small. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yes. And, and how and how cool! That's, I mean, they they that's had. That's what like, I asked Gene when I met him backstage in 04 on the Rock the Nation tour. Was are you going to do any of those shows in the U.S.? Because I was like drooling over those set lists. Yeah, yeah. The set list was cool. The band was cool, and it took the focus off of the bombs and whatever and it put it on the music the band just walked out on stage i mean you would essentially be getting a kiss cruise like show in you know in your city uh so it would be cool sign me up i i would i would go do that um but but again but but like i mentioned again um you know kiss lives or dies by this makeup and it's been proven over and over that they do so um 
But they have to bring a co-headliner in that in, in the current Kiss. Is bring it in is, more seat, you know, yeah, seats? But is it Kiss that has to bring in the co-headliner, or is it Live Nation that wants to bring in the co-headliner? Wow. Yeah. You know, so um, it, or or it could be both. I mean, you they know, don't, we, they don't feel confident. I think that's a chicken and egg type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are so many bands. I mean, what's uh, uh, you know, Ken? What's the last big concert you went to? Well, just a, a week ago, I went to ELO at uh, Oracle Arena. It was, okay. It, was there a co-headliner with that? Or was just ELO? Uh, originally there wasn't, but there was some opening group called Dolls. Okay. Which were, they were okay. Okay, that that, that that was a bad example because I I know the show sold really well and um it, it was just Jeff Lynne's ELO, right? Jeff Lynne's ELO. Yeah. Okay. Um. So okay. So that that was a bad example. Um. What about you, Lonnie? What's the last concert you went to? Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. And Mar- exactly, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. Co-headliner. Exactly. I went to that show too here here in town. Co-headliner. Uh, because neither one of those bands could may or Couldn't may not. Yeah, and and even before that, the 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 big co-headliner show I saw before that was Poison and Cheap Trick. So I think the co-headlining is a necessary evil across the board. Doesn't doesn't live or die by by Kiss, uh, but I think no. it's a necessary evil across the board. But anyway, just to, in closing, I think it's a great idea. I would go, and I think it would be awesome. Well, okay. okay. Let's go on to Lonnie. What's your topic? I I what's my topic? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one of the topics that you had on there for today, Julian, and that was taken off the board, and that was should Kiss have had a lower profile in 2002? I thought that was an interesting topic, and I the gentleman who put it on the board talked about how um, they played the Olympics that year, they did the that 70 show thing that year, still kind of, just kind of dabbling a little bit in the public eye. They did the uh, that um, American Bandstand 50th anniversary with with Tommy for the first like public appearance with Tommy that year as well. Lane Bryant edited out. The Lane Bryant, that's yeah. right. But and then you know and then Kiss came back in '03, obviously. Um, with only really three years away from the public eye and really never took a whole lot of extended time out of the public eye. I'd like to take that one step further. And that is, I enjoy, and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the shows that I saw with Kiss in 03 and 04. But I remember when they came back in 08 with the Alive 35. I thought it'd be that much bigger had they taken all that time off and all that time away, that they were really back for the first time in like eight years. And I, I think that. You know, would would people have been bothered by the Eric and Tommy wearing the makeup as much, or would they be bothered more by it had they waited that long to back? I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. That's actually a really, really good. That's actually a really, really good topic because uh, on the surface, I didn't think it was a good topic, but now that you added that when they the came back, the thing. Think about the yes. thing. Yes, because that, 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 I, I so I took that and I just branched it off. But that's that's what I really want to talk about. Is, yeah. what, had they've taken O three, so they didn't they didn't do those tours. They didn't do the O five. Andrew, you got to take away your O six when you saw him in Japan. Got to take away O seven when I saw him in Sault Ste. Marie. Take away all that stuff that they didn't do anything. They were dormant, and then bam, they just came back with Eric and Tommy. We're gonna tour a live thirty five. We're gonna play a live from start to finish. Would that have been bigger? I mean, that tour was pretty big when you think about it. 
Could yeah. it? I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's a really interesting topic. I, I was really excited to see them on the Alive 35 tour. I mean, they didn't do a proper American tour until 2009 after Sonic Boom came out. Yeah. But I did see them in Canada on the Alive 35 proper tour. I with saw you the, there. Yeah, yeah. We, we went to the same show. So I did, and I looked. I actually looked over the river, and I saw Cobalt Hall, and I go, man, it would be great to see Kiss at Cobalt Hall. And two months later, there I am seeing Kiss and Cobalt Hall. But anyway, I remember being really excited when I saw, I think it was actually on the FAQ, where I originally saw the first photo of them back in the Destroyer costumes. They looked and badass. I was like, hey, they don't look bad. I mean, Paul had the moves. You know, he the 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 the, the boob, they were out. Yeah, they man. had that jewelry hanging down. They kind of distract you from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you could tell that they Get were bad because here. you could tell that they were bad because every interview he would just he would fold his arms <laughs> to hide them. No, he's and not then, hiding them. He's supporting them. So, um, wow. but but I was still really excited. I was still really excited when they came back. And you know what? I probably would have been more excited had they been away. Because remember, when hmm. they did the farewell tour, they didn't really do a whole lot at the end of 2001. I mean, there was rumors that they were going to play that Madison Square Garden benefit for the victims of 9-11. Mm-hmm. They obviously did not. And there were just rumors swirling around that they were going to do one last thing and one last thing. And then they were doing these little one-offs here and there. They were releasing box sets and books and, and doing whatever. So you didn't know if there was going to be a kiss. And then you, know, you kind of see the writing on the wall in, in late into mid-2002 with all these little appearances. I thought they were testing the waters. That's what I thought. I thought mm-hmm. that you know the Lane Bryant thing was to get them in the public eye again. I thought they were just testing the waters with the, with the Dick Clark stuff and that '70s show. And uh, didn't they do something else in 2000 in yeah. late 2002? Jamaica. Yeah, the the Jamaica thing, which oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really open to the public, but uh, I thought they were testing sure. the waters at that point. And I and I and it, it, the writing was kind of on the wall for me personally for them to come back quote-unquote, in 2003. Because when the Aerosmith tour was officially announced, it was probably the worst-kept secret of all tours that had ever happened. Yeah, you know, there, was, there was talk before then, and you know, obviously we were coming off the heels of the Kiss Symphony at the time, so you were wondering what's going to happen, and then you know, Kiss is that little abridged tour in Japan in 2003 before coming back home, you know, playing that, that show in Vegas and then you know, the Wango Tango thing. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was I thought they were testing the waters at, at that point in time. And, and I was actually really, really shocked when they kind of pulled away from the public eye after the Rock the Nation tour. I was really shocked by that. I was like, well, you were building all this momentum. You replaced Peter Chris because you said you wanted to do the new kiss. Where's the new? Yeah. Where's the new kiss? Where's like, what are you guys like? What are you building towards? Why replace Peter if you were just going to do one more tour and then have that be done with it? I didn't get it at that point. I thought I was like, wow, I was like, they must really hate this guy or he must <laughs> really be terrible to tour with if they just replaced him for this one summer tour, which if you think about it, they replaced him for literally four months of work. Now, I'm not a business owner, but I've been in the professional world for more than 10 years and you're not going to replace someone for four months of work. You're going to just stick it out with the original guy for an additional four months because then that's going to be it. So I was very shocked to see them stop and then take so long to build it back up again. And then, of that course, actually- 2004, Rock the Nation sucked. I mean, it was a failure of a tour. It was yeah. during an economic crisis. The people yeah. were not going. It was one of the uh, the big tours that was actually ticketed as, you know, on life support that summer. And, you know, by the end of year, 
um, you know, kind of uh, metrics, it was way down. It was a complete failure. So I wasn't surprised with that, that 2005 was a non-year for the band, that they kind of were licking their wounds. Because you look at the stuff that they did in 2005, they did one Corp gig, and of course the Camp Pendleton stuff, you know, they really yeah. hid from the masses. 2006, again, apart from the Japanese outing, it was all about Paul. It's all about you. Uh, see what I did there. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I considering I, I can't remember the last time I listened to that album. So great record though, great record. Yeah, some of it. Yeah, so should they have stayed out of the public eye in 2002? I think in hindsight, the Aerosmith tour was massive. I mean that that was a, a very successful tour, but Aerosmith's touring history is such that they were never really kind of down in the dumps to the level that Kiss were, whether it was in the 80s, whether it was in the 90s, whether it was in the thousands. Aerosmith was a much more successful touring act, and I'm sure someone's going to call me on that and provide pages and pages of stats, which uh, we can... Don't count the fucking cymbal hits. Just whatever you do, don't do it. Which we can measure out for mine. And (laughs) I, I think Kiss got more benefit out of 2003. When, when you also think about the deal that had to be done to force Peter back in, you know, mm. he'd already been replaced in 2001. So had they stayed out of the public eye, well, I would have missed one of my favorite tours, which I, I, I wouldn't know that. But uh, I think I agree that if they'd come back in 2008 after solo albums or, you know, all that sort of shit and been fresh again, it would have been far bigger than kind of wallowing. It became a, a little bit of a wildebeest in those years. I mean, we were getting mad that you could go to Columbus, Ohio, but it was a corporate gig. And they started to do more and more of that sort of thing. It started to become more inaccessible. You know, I had to go to Chumash, you know, the casino. Yeah. Um, and there was that one them. show that they did. Where, where is it? I think it was in 2005 or 2006. They might have been 2006 where they played on like a little tiny stage. And it was like a Pleasure Island casino. Like in Vegas, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it might have been in Vegas where the, the couple Vegas. front rows was a pool. Yeah, that was Mad yeah. Wasn't that rain? Uh, I don't I, think that was rain. I, I it, it, well, I think it was a different. Let yeah. me check. Let me check. Like late, oh, late, late 06, I think. Yeah, well, it was rain in the desert, place. Las Vegas. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's Paul Stanley solo tour. Let, let me check my favorite website. What is my favorite website, you ask? It is KissMonster. Com. Well, I'm on there right what? now, and I'm fuck. I it's my site, and yeah. I'm freaking useless. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> so they it must have been 2006. It. It which was the uh, 2007? Yes, yeah, the beach, seven? the beach at Mandalay which, Bay. Yeah. Which one was I, the Honda? Which one was the Honda? Wasn't there a Honda? Yeah, yeah that was 2005 in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. God, we're nerds. <laughs> which I have that show. This is a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah. So this was at uh, the beach, Mandalay Bay Hotel, and uh, there was uh, approximately less than 1,500 people. That were at this show, but um, you know, it, private event. Um, you know, Brent Fitz had to replace Alice Cooper because uh, Eric had been on the road with Alice Cooper at the time because Eric had to eat. You know, when Kiss was on there, I doubt they keep Eric on a retainer. But again, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm, I'm actually not an employee of Kiss, Universal, or Rhino Records. It's not what I heard. <laughs> Rhino Records, yes. <laughs> um, but, but again, I mean, like you, you. The set list of that show is kind of cool. Deuce, Shout Out Loud, Making Love, Calling Dr. Love. It was cool. I think, uh, you know, you're talking about them. They should have, you know, just kind of stopped for a while, um, starting in 2002. And I think they should have maybe stopped all the way through until 
recording Sonic Boom and recording Sonic Boom and, and then touring on that uh, would have been a big deal. You're right. You know, just going all the way to the recording of Sonic Boom and releasing it would have been a bigger It would have been a and we're back. Yeah. It might have even sold more, you know, <laughs> records even, possibly. Um, I, I don't know. I think that Paul's voice would have had a good long rest in those years. So you know, oh, I guess you could probably yeah. be sure that he would have been doing solo albums or, you know, sure. uh, appearances. Who knows? Yodeling. Yeah. Yodeling. Um, that's actually a good thing. I didn't think about that because it, had they stayed away until Sonic Boom, it, it probably wouldn't have been. Or it probably still would have been a Walmart deal, but probably would have sold more close to the numbers of maybe uh, what Black Rain did for ACDC. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I sold I more than numbers number of that. One. Yeah, well, it went to number Black Ice. It, two. Black Ice. Black Ice. Black Rain's okay. an Aussie album. It was two behind Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé, and I remember I was watching that that week, and it was like it was like neck and neck for a little bit, and all of a sudden like Bublé sold like hundred thousand copies like overnight, and we're like, oh well, we're done. Bublé <laughs> was on on Oprah. Right? Damn Oprah. you, yeah, Oprah. Yeah, Oprah. Like yeah, something like that. Like they yeah. were on like David Letterman, and uh, you know they didn't they didn't do nothing. But uh, yeah, Bublé, I remember that. But that's that's interesting because Kiss has never been a band that kind of comes out based on a recording. What I mean by that is when the original band reunited, it wasn't a record beyond the record wasn't until after the reunion tour. So yeah. I, I think Kiss knew subconsciously that they were never once they became a nostalgia act, they were never going to be a recording band again. Sadly, because yeah. I enjoy those records, man. Yeah, at least at least they did try in 2009, 2012 to put out some music. So, which I I love those records. I Same. do. I I love those records. There's some good stuff on there. Yeah. yeah. Right, put, on, boom, boom, put, boom, put, put on long way. Put on long way down. Long way down is as good as anything that they ever put as they ever put out. If long way down was on Rock and Roll Over, you guys would be you know ecstatic to hear that song. It's a great it's a great rock song. Great rock song. No, without a doubt. I mean, there's some very good songs that they wrote for those albums. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of absolute stinkers, but they are just so kiss-like in terms of being stinkers that yeah. they're perfect. You know, you sure. just, just kind of you get a chuckle out <laughs> of them. So. There's stinkers on the original six albums. There's no, there's only one song on those uh, two albums that I absolutely despise to this Which point. Which is the ripoff of Poison. <laughs> never enough. Wait, wait, the ripoff of Poison that ripped off Deuce. Doesn't matter. They're ripping off themselves. I took it back. Whenever I see Paul, I imagine him wearing a bandana and having pouty lips like Brett and doing that song. It just point the microphone at us. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, elder bandana. Or... Ah, the purple bandana. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I I think in terms of our time, we probably got just enough time to cover one more. Uh, thing and let's just talk about the Kiss Cruise activities since they're announced and I'm the I, I th- am I the only one here who's doing the cruise this year? Yes. Okay. So. Well, I don't see myself going to Paul Stanley's rock and roll art class. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't. Are see, you such a stick in the mud, Julian? I don't. Jeez. I don't see myself going to the cruise kitchen with Paul Stanley unless he wants me to teach him how to cook, which I'm more than happy to give private lessons. Uh, we can do some really fun stuff. I like to do Asian fusion, uh, Paul. So if you want to learn how to do some Brussels sprouts Asian fusion style, I'm more than happy. To with give, Julian. I'm happy to give you the time, share my recipes with you you know i, I love fennel I seeds roasted beer. yeah no no booze just uh you know we, we can cook 
But, you know, we'll leave that there. Gene Simmons on power, a motivational talk and short Q&A. Well, Gene, you know, I uh, do do a lot in the business environment. I'm happy to help you, you know, with your your business skills here. Did you see the title of that book? It's like Gene Simmons Guide to Power on Power to Give You Power When You Want More Power Power. Like power is in there like nine so many times on that cover. It's like Paul Paul just going boom, boom, boom. (laughs) I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I I blocked that I blocked that out. I cringed when he did that. I was like, Oh, come on. How do they do those those activities when they should maybe just have a a question and answer session with the fans, you know, where the, the the fans can just ask them and try to get some more whatever you know kiss history information or something they don't remember the kiss history that's the problem yeah Uh, so so since you mentioned that i am actually preparing i am uh, and to anyone who's going on the cruise who uh, wants to have some unofficial fun i am going to be bringing some pub quiz materials and uh, I, I will host uh, Kiss FAQ. If I can find an area in a bar, maybe I'll uh, approach the, uh, the the cruise people to even get a, a microphone or do something with it. Um, to, and I will bring maybe prizes. I will bring some prizes. I will bring some questions. I will bring some clips and uh, see if we can, if it will work, do a Kiss FAQ um, pub quiz or quiz yeah. somewhere. Or a, or, a, or a Kiss Cesspool quiz, as it may. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So we will see because you know stuff like I was made for loving you. The vow renewal with Gene Simmons does not appeal. The Junior Kiss Navy Air Guitar Competition. I think I'm a little bit old for that. Uh, and age is just the numbers, Julian. Julian, you're not excited about any Junior. Um, the drum off with Eric Singer. I will go and watch that. That sounds like it's going to be fun. Um, I know some of the people who are entering to try and get to do that and to be there to cheer them on will just be very neat. Uh, Kiss Family Feud with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. Well, yeah, that cool. sounds fun as well. That sounds so, interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was kind of, I'm not mocking Paul. I know how to cook, which is, I know how to cook properly as well. But I, I just have very little interest in watching that as part of a cruise activity. I still, I, we've said it on the show before, I'm very interested if Paul does a cookbook. That does. You want some cheese? Let me hear you. Boom. Cheese. Boom. Cheese, Boom. cheese, Boom. cheese. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not making fun of Paul in any way. It's just, uh, you know, there are other ways I'd rather do that than watching pizza or salad be made, I think. <laughs> watching pizza and salad be made <laughs> that's not cooking um it's great man it's great all right so, so you guys aren't going up none of you are going up so you don't you don't care cruise? is this the first cruise you're going on down last you, you first and last yeah all right well let, let me take you back to my last kiss cruise lonnie you were here for this so you I, saw this andrew was a delight the entire okay. time okay so I had just finished doing a movie, and, and I was working, and I was in a band at the time, so I had I was really I needed this vacation. I got so drunk at the Sail Away show that I was convinced, convinced that Kiss only played three songs. That's how <laughs> drunk. I was. That's drunk. <laughs> and then to the point where like I had to go back years later and watch. I go, oh, that's what they played. But I was convinced at the show that. They only played three songs. And then there are pictures of me where I was trying to drink but would miss my mouth and the drink was just <laughs> on me. You know, and so so of course, like the first night I think I lost my voice. 
And then people, what they would do is they would call my room to be like, oh, just call Andrew's room, make him answer the phone because he sounds like a duck right now. And he, he like, I could barely, like I could barely talk. So the people were just trying, <laughs> going out of their way to make me talk. Just to screw with them. Yeah, just to screw with me. So, and I'm like, oh, I'm drunk. Uh, the whole time I was drunk, the entire time. Five days just drunk to the point where I'm there at breakfast, like as we're like getting off the boat. And, like, my body is starting to reject everything I put in it. So I'm, I'm eager, like, I can't even eat. I, I can't, like. <laughs> so I had some friends in Florida, and I was spending an extra day in Miami after I got off the boat just to kind of get my, you know, my land legs back. Trying to remember and, uh, what your name was. and Yeah, yeah. And I was like, guys, I'm just going to go to the hotel. I'm going to take a nap, and we'll hang out tonight. I slept for 18 hours when I got out of that bed <laughs> because I, I had no sleep. And, uh, you know, the guy that I room with, uh, you might know him, uh, Jim Rollins from Australia. I mean, that that poor guy put up with a lot of shit in that room. So, um, it, so for me, I, I think I've already hit my punch card with all of my Kiss Cruises. I went on Kiss Cruise 2 and Kiss Cruise 3, and, and I can't imagine doing it again because I will probably get alcohol poisoning. And yeah. uh, so I'm going to stay home. I'm going to – I'll make myself some – I'm going to review Julian's cookbook, and I'm just going to try to make some of Julian's cookbook. Kiss yeah. FAQ with Julian. cookbooks we're coming out with. Yeah, yeah. Kiss FAQ cookbook. Kiss FAQ cooks with a K right there. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, I do a really good meatloaf recipe. There you go. Mm. Oh, I like it. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, let's leave it there. Okay. Anything else? You know what? No, there's nothing else worth mentioning in this episode. So <laughs> Julian grows tired of us. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's call it an episode. We can uh, reconvene next week uh, for some more of these uh, these random topics because I'm having fun with this style of show. So. Uh, you know, for those of you who've listened in today, what do you think about Ace's, uh, you know, new single compared with Bronx Boy? What do you think about Spaceman, the cover, the art, the silver suit? You know, what do you think about everything that we've talked about today? You know, whether you listen to us on the FAQ or on YouTube or on Facebook, you know, chime in with your comments on what you think and tell us how we're wrong. Um, but for now, from Andrew, from Lonnie, and Ken and myself, thank you for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. Boom! Peace out. <laughs> Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Bye.